This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. Here's I got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Peter K. Navarro in for Stephen K. Bannon, the Admiral. I want to welcome you. Uh, we're going into the Labor Day weekend. Uh, I know a lot of you are on the move. Uh, let's remember uh, what the Labor Day weekend is all about. It's really celebrating the deplorables, uh, the hardworking men and women of this country who build our bridges and roads uh, and provide the sweat and labor uh, that has been so instrumental in making this this country uh, so great. So I hope you have safe travels. Uh, and um, if you're listening live, as many of you do, um, um, uh, hopefully we can provide you with some uh, very entertaining in information as well. Uh, I do have an incredible show for you. Uh, as the preview, I'm going to do, um, I don't know how many of you know this, but Steve's uh, main studio, uh, when he's not off around the world doing on location, um, is literally uh, a touchdown pass away from the Supreme Court. I could walk out the door here, and even I, uh, with my weak arm, could throw a football and hit the Supreme Court. Um, and one of the messages I'm going to uh, give to you today is uh, my criminal case, uh, for which I will go on trial uh, this coming week, and uh, there was a lot of action this week, um, is headed right for that building. And I'm going to tell you exactly why that's the case and why what you didn't read in the press this last week. Uh, we had actually a great victory um, in my case, and I'll, I will explain the details of that um, in a minute. Uh, so we're going to go over some of that, uh, I've got an interesting uh, uh, Blair Witch clip update uh, related to that, that that you'll get a kick out of. Uh, but uh, I'm also going to have uh, Dr. Robert Malone on in the, uh, the bottom half of the hour. Uh, as you know, there's a new variant of the uh, China virus going around, and the Biden regime uh, wants you to booster up. And um, these are these are significant issues, and we want to prepare our posse for the uh, the narrative uh, and propaganda that that will be coming. So uh, let's start this off, uh, Denver, with uh, with clip four, and um, I'm going to lay out uh, what transpired this week. Um, I went to um, federal courthouse. That's only about a quarter mile away from here. Uh, and uh, play that clip, and um, I'll uh, start to wax a little elo uh, eloquent on this. What this, I think, uh, means is that we'll have a trial next week, but these are questions that will certainly move up the change, the appellate level, 
And as I said at the beginning, I, this is probably going to the Supreme Court because this is so important. Okay, you can't have you can't have a Congress, a partisan Congress, that abuses the subpoena process for the purpose of punishing the party that's out of power or putting somebody in jail. Okay, in this case, clearly the J6 committee was trying to build a criminal case against President Trump, and it was no coincidence that on Monday, one courtroom away from where I was in facing what could be an up to two-year prison term, the president was facing a lot longer than that. Okay, so the point here is the constitutional separation of powers is an issue, is you can't have Congress under the Democrats doing what they have been doing and expect to have efficient, effective decision-making in the executive branch. That's what these constitutional separation of powers are all about. All right, so so this is an interesting case. I get a subpoena on uh, February 9, 2022, after... Uh, this uh, J6 witch hunt committee is set up with a bunch of rabid Democrats who try to impeach Donald Trump twice and two rhino Republicans in Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. Um, and um, <clears throat> what what they did was uh, was issue a subpoena that compelled me to testify uh, and produce some documents. Now, um, the separation of powers uh, makes it clear constitutionally that uh, the legislative branch cannot intrude in that fashion on the executive branch. In other words, can't, Congress can't do that in the White House. And the prevailing doctrine is, is twofold. It's called executive privilege, which a president can and will invoke. Um, and there's also this, this related concept, which are sometimes regarded as synonymous, of what's called absolute testimonial immunity. And, and the idea here is that, that the very same Department of Justice that's prosecuting me for an alleged crime has had a long-standing policy for more than 50 years that you can't compel people like me, alter egos of the president, to do what what they are now prosecuting me <laughs> for failing to do. I mean, it's 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 a fairly interesting issue. So uh, I'll, I'm going to explain the victory in a minute. But let's uh, let's bring in now clip two, Denver. At the very beginning um, of this process, I made the very clear statement repeatedly that there are very complex and important constitutional issues related to the separation of powers between the legislative branch and the executive branch. And the best proof of that statement is the hearing today in which it took Judge Maida over an hour, over an hour to work through the very complex 
case law and history associated with executive privilege and the related um, issue of absolute testimonial immunity, which I would note is the policy of the same department, the DOJ, which is prosecuting me. In other words, for over 50 years, it's been the case where uh, people like me, senior advisors to the president and alter egos of the president, um, cannot be compelled to testify. That's absolute. And so um, the judge, uh, I thought very thoughtfully, went through the case law today. And I, the message that, that you here in the press should take away from that is he said repeatedly that based on the court rulings, so many of these questions are open questions, open questions. So how, <laughs> how am I, um, as somebody who is clearly following the president's direction, uh, how am I supposed to be able to sort through all of these legal issues when it took the judge in this case over an hour to do the very same thing? Okay, so the central issue here, the central question is, can the legislative branch, the Congress, compel a senior White House advisor like me, an alter ego of, the, of a president like President Trump, to testify before Congress? The DOJ, the Department of Justice itself, has memo after memo over 50 years that says that Congress cannot do that. And if that doctrine had held in the DOJ, I would not be facing trial under any circumstances. Uh, but with the Biden regime changing the rules, they basically weaponized the Justice Department they basically brought this issue up, and th this case is not about me. It's about whether they, the legislative branch, can compel a senior White House advisor to testify. Now, why is that important? It's important going back to the days of George Washington, and it's been recognized in dicta after dicta in Supreme Court rulings, that in order to have the best decision-making for the nation, presidents and their advisors must have confidentiality, period, full stop. And that's what you get as a president when you invoke executive privilege. And that what is what you get as a senior advisor presumptively by the by the DOJ's policy of absolute testimony immunity. And this case is about that. This case is about whether that will hold or whether the Biden regime, a partisan regime, a legislative branch in cahoots with a Democrat-controlled Justice Department can stand, start handing out subpoenas willy-nilly intrude upon the executive branch, and then start putting people in prison if they fail to comply. Now, here was a great victory. Um, I went into the pretrial conference and the judge had to rule on whether uh, the 
privilege would apply and how would it apply. And it was it was the first 40 minutes were like every single case and argument for exactly why people like me cannot be compelled. And this was a great victory because for the very first time we had a ruling from a lower court affirmatively on this this issue. If a president invokes and because of testimonial immunity, you can't, as a Congress, force them to testify. And the press completely missed that. They completely missed that. And um, I got into this whole situation uh, because, let me just put it frankly, I'm willing to go to prison to settle this question. Okay? It's my duty to this country, my commander-in-chief and to the Constitution, to obey a president, in this case Donald Trump, when I am commanded to invoke executive privilege on his behalf. And it's not by law my privilege to waive. And so what we got this week was, was, was a great half a loaf victory. Now, the other part of the issue was the judge decided that for some reason executive privilege hadn't been properly invoked. And that's going to be the other portion of this case. And this will go up to the appellate level. It'll go up to the Supreme Court because of the significance of this issue. And so um, this coming week, we'll pick jury, we'll go to trial. That's that's the 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 way it's it's set out. And we're going to decide this issue. But let me be clear. I, I The judge's ruling, just as with Steve Bannon in his trial, effectively stripped me of every single defense. And, and that's why this will go to an appeal. But the judge also made it clear that all of the questions involved in this case are what's called open questions. They're, this is a case of first impressions, and those are the kinds of cases that the Supreme Court loves to take on because they are of such national importance. Peter Navarro, we'll be right back. You are in the war room, sitting in for Stephen K. Bannon. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly 250 grand. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit 
than covidtaxrelief.org. Visit covidtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's covidtaxrelief.org, covidtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with covidtaxrelief.org. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, well, the first thing is that um, my legal bills just went up by another half a million dollars. So um, anybody watching this right now, defendpeter.com, defendpeter.com. Um, on the, um, the website, it's, a, it's a legal, my legal defense fund. Um, I've been able to raise uh, to date uh, about $335,000. Um, this case, however, uh, has already cost uh, over half a million dollars in legal fees. And um, by the time the trial finishes, I expect those legal fees to hit 750000 Yeah, defendpeter.com. Uh, <laughs> I had the, uh, the situational awareness to be able to go out and uh, talk to uh, the world via C-SPAN uh, to help me there in my fundraising efforts, um, which I thought um, was... Um, was a pretty useful thing to do, defendpeter.com. But, but here's, the, here's the economics of this. Um, just this, this week in the Washington Times, uh, I did a column um, about the cost of what we call lawfare. Okay, what the, what the Department of Justice is doing to me, to Donald Trump, to Meadows, to Giuliani, to just poor poor folk electors in places like Georgia who are like 80 years old and don't have the money. To, what they're doing is they're imposing ungodly legal fees as a means of bullying, kowtowing, and getting us to bend to their knee. And my legal bills, as I said in the clip, it's like, okay, so there's this, this great site, Give, Send, Go, right? And they I, I set up a legal defense fund on that. I use the defendpeter.com because it's like a shortcut there. Um, and, and it's been really uh, just humbling to me to see the outpouring of people who are just donating five and ten bucks. I mean, to, if you can raise like 300 and something like 360,000 now, if you can do that in like five dollar contributions, that, that's that's like. That warms your heart, I'm telling you. And I, I want to thank everybody who sent me money, as well as their prayers. Um, but th- this case is going to cost me, through trial, probably about, about 750000 And then the appeals process, all the way up to the Court of Appeals and likely the Supreme Court, uh, will be another million. Okay, now... Don't weep for me, but th- scale that up, right? There's there's about 20 people that the Justice Department's going after, that that the Georgia Fonnie Willis uh, Black Panther Marxist lady's going after, and every single one of us are going to have bills in the millions, 
Uh, Mike Flynn for General Flynn, guy, I love the guy. He spent seven million dollars trying to keep himself out of the uh, the DOJ prison. And this is lawfare. It's brass knuckled lawfare. And Trump's legal bills are going to cost at least over half a billion dollars. Okay, so. That's what they're doing to us. You should get mad, and then you should get even at the ballot box. So I'm going to fight this fight. Look, men and women, young men and women, usually, have gone into uniform and, and been willing to sacrifice their lives for this Constitution in this country. And the least I can do is to stand up for a constitutional principle, which I believe is one of the most important principles for this nation to prosper. If we don't get what if we get what the Democrats want, it's going to be chaos. Um, now, let me say one last thing on this uh, this executive privilege issue. So so as I said in the earlier segment, it was a great victory for the judge to rule that if a president invokes the privilege properly, that was the that was the, <laughs> that was the catch word. Um, senior White House advisors like me can't be compelled to testify. That's 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 news. That's big law. That's important. It means that going forward. Congress is now checked. They can't play that game. And all all they have to make sure of on the other end, folks like me and the president, is that the privilege is properly invoked. Now, I properly invoked the privilege. The president properly invoked the privilege. He seriously deliberated before he did so. We, we met all of the check marks, every single one the judge put down. I mean, I was on, on, the, on the stand uh, for a close to an hour and went through five phone calls with the president, a uh, personal visit to Mar-a-Lago, endless emails, phone calls with, with people you know like Liz Harrington, Susie Wiles, talking with the president. I mean, the case, <laughs> it was, it was, Denver, um, get ready for clip three here for a second. It was, it was overwhelming evidence that the privilege had been invoked and had been done properly. But the judge didn't buy that. Now, play clip three, because this is the other kind of piece of evidence, which for me, this is like I'm just I'm just astonished at this particular allegation that that the privilege wasn't invoked but but take take a listen to this there is not a single white house advisor who hasn't asserted executive privilege it's not like i'm the only one who's done this you go back to uh you go back to 2019 you had in the in the Mueller Russia hoax case. You had McGahn, Dearborn, Porter, 
Conway, Donaldson, invoking the privilege and immediately the president confirming that. You go to after the J6 committee was established, <laughs> you had Meadows, Scavino, Patel, and Bannon issued subpoenas in the president invoking the privilege. And you had people repeatedly go before the J6 committee and assert the privilege, all without challenge. And here I am, uh, people are supposed to believe that, that the that the privilege hadn't been invoked. Yeah, just, just, huh? Huh? That just doesn't follow. I mean, here's the thing. When I first got into the White House in 2017, one of the first things I learned was that folks like me do not go up on the hill to testify. And the reason is, that we are considered alter egos of the president. And we, are, we you know, it, it, within the White House grounds as advisors, we're different from, say, cabinet secretaries, which have, have an obligation by law to go before Congress a certain amount of times. And, and they, they, don't, they don't have the same kind of absolute testimonial immunity uh, that applies to folks like me. But then, like, Fast forward, I mean, this was like a clinic for me in uh, learning about um, the invocation of executive privilege uh, and testimony immunity. I mean, Pelosi gets control of the House of Representatives in the 2018 midterm elections and states for the record publicly that she's going to use Democrat-controlled investigative committees to make our lives miserable and try to put us in prison. I mean, she said she's coming right after us, and she did. And sure enough, um, the subpoenas started to fly a few months later, and the first ones that flew were related to the Mueller investigation, the Russia hoax. And so they'd send a subpoena to Don McGahn or Rick Dearborn or Rob Porter um, and and immediately the president would invoke the privilege and equally immediately White House legal counsel Pat Cipollone, one of my favorite guys in there, uh, would, would issue a letter that, that quoted the opinions of the D Department of Justice, both old and the ones he might solicit, saying, hey, you can't do that. They never got, they never got <laughs> charged with contempt. I am the first person in the history of this country, the first senior White House advisor ever, ever to be charged with this alleged crime by a Department of Justice, which by its own policy says you can't do that. It's just, and then of course, along comes J6, right? And Brother Bannon gets gets a subpoena. Cash Patel gets a subpoena. You know these guys from the war room. Mark Meadows, you know him. Dan Scavino. What happens? Invocation of privilege. And 
None of those guys say Bannon got after. Well, that's another story. All right. Um, I'll be right back. We're going to um, switch gears and talk to Dr. Malone shortly, but I got, got the Blair Witch Project for you coming up. Don't miss this cold open clip. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. I appreciate it. No, that's you know, right. These, no, uh, I appreciate these people. it. I just wanted to no, this is, look, this is great. You know, it's like, time, but we appreciate you what you Put you're your doing, flag sir. up there. We appreciate what you're doing, there. sir. We this appreciate is, um, the justice you're getting for this country. I think what this is kind of the important kind of kind of debate. Where, and look, see, she's trying to block the flag. Yep. Okay. This is the problem we have in America. Like she's, she's Trump lost, and you know it. That's fine. She's expressing <laughs> her point of view. She's got a megaphone to, to disrupt. Yep. But when it comes time for me to express my view to you, you've seen what she's done. She's interrupted me while I was speaking, and she won't even let an American show the American flag. So this is this is the slings and arrows uh, we got to deal with these days. So I'm giving I'm giving that uh, presser, as they say in the trade, out after the trial pre-trial conference, and um, this I, this woman comes. I mean, she, she was like within inches of me. She's got this megaphone like a gun. She starts screaming at me, and I, I, I turn around. And um, the left-wing press doesn't mention any of what, what follows, where you can see in that clip 
um, that this this uh, <laughs> she had a T-shirt. I can't believe it. I wish I'd noticed it at the time. But I, but when I did the editing on it, I go, wait a minute. Her shirt literally says witch. And um, so this woke witch is like elbowing a patriot out of the way. Nice woman supporter waving the American flag. I mean, this is look, this is how low things have come to um, in this country. And, and, and something's something's got to give. So if you're outraged by any of that, you can see on my Twitter feed, my getter feed, my true social feed. Um, Real P. Navarro, uh, watch the whole thing and, uh, you know, go to defendpeter.com if you want to strike back against that kind of crap. All right, let's switch gears now. Um, I want to bring in one of my favorite people on the planet um, who has saved hundreds of thousands of lives with his wisdom and perhaps more than that. Um, Dr. Robert Malone. Hey, Doc, how you doing, man? Hi, Peter. Thanks for the kind words. It's, uh, you know, no we're, worries, we're all, so, all so in the situation. We're getting attacked all the time. So much appreciate your kindness. Yeah. So um, here's here's the thing. Like, I want to really uh, help the posse today in this regard. We've got uh, yet another variant of the China virus, and we've got uh, a, a fairly aggressive effort from Moderna, Pfizer, and the Biden regime to get you <laughs> to take a booster. Okay. Or get me to sh- so, yeah, yeah, tell us, Doc, um, about the new variant, um, how it relates to the vaccines people have already gotten, and what was there any reason at all? Are they getting any better at this vaccine stuff, or is this just more of the same uh, Fauci snake oil? Okay, uh, the answer is more of Fauci snake oil, uh, with a uh, uh, the the cherry on top is the usual uh, fear porn and propaganda. So the variant that we're talking about right now is technically named BA 2.86, and it's otherwise known as Parola, uh, which is relates in some way to Venus, the planet. And uh, just to make it simple for the for I don't you know Posse has got lots of sophisticated folks in it, and I'm not uh, in any way uh, talking them down, but the simple line is that this virus, while it's different. And it has many mutations in the spike protein, many more than have been seen previously. There is no evidence that it is more pathogenic. In other words, that it causes worse disease. There is no evidence right now that it is more highly infectious. In fact, the fact that it has such a dense collection of mutations in the spike protein may well make it less infectious. it absolutely shows the signs of having been genetically selected, so evolved, to uh, avoid the vaccine-induced immunity. That's why all these mutations in spike appear, as you and I had discussed would be the case so long ago in our op-eds in the Washington Times and here on yeah. uh, Mr. Bannon's uh, broadcast. So the, the punchline is there are actually very few of these so far. 
And in terms of uh, a day or two ago... Hey, hey, let me just stop you there, because you said something really important. Um, In lay terms, I think what you just said is that the people who are more likely statistically to get infected with this virus are the people who got vaccinated. Is that what I heard? It's not what I said, but it's likely to be the case. The truth is that we we really don't have any verified cases as of a couple days ago of parola causing COVID. We have verified cases of parola infections. We have verified parola nucleic acid in sewage, but we don't have a, a swarm of, of clear clinical cases associated with this variant. However, the fact that it has these clustered mutations in spike suggests that it's been selected by uh, the vaccinated. Uh, and it, we already know that the vaccinated are actually at increased risk from the prior variants of hospitalization and death relative to those with natural immunity. And we already know that the uh, those that are highly inoculated, I hesitate to say vaccinated with this product, um, have both yeah, a right, exactly. non-specific, non-specific uh, immunodeficit. There was a paper just out from Australia pointing this out in the pediatric population that in Australia, Children that have been vaccinated are more likely to get infected with other pathogens. Uh, and we have uh, clear evidence of some immunologic phenomena having to do with imprinting an original antigenic sin that makes it so that those that are highly inoculated are at higher risk for uh, disease and unfortunately death. Those are the facts. Um, and so I, I, you know, some of the possible may have been vaccinated as I was. I was in the early round of vaccination when it was given by the National Guard. Um, I took it for my own reasons. I had to travel and I was suffering from long COVID and supposedly it might have helped. Uh, And I believe that my colleagues had fixed the uh, problems associated with the technology. Um, All of those were false. Uh, but I did take it. I was vaccine damaged, but I certainly did not take any additional boosters. And it's these people that have been multiply boosted, sometimes seven or eight times, uh, that are, are at very high risk for disease and unfortunately death relative to age and uh, pre-existing condition matched people, if that made sense. Yeah, let me so let me see if I can. I'll be a late lay guy here. See if I heard you right. The first thing when you talk about this genetic selection, I think what I heard you saying is that this vaccines, as we wrote about it back when in the in the Washington Times, these these viruses mutate. The, the viruses are like clever beasts, as Stephen Atfield might say. And what they try to yeah. do is figure out a way to infect you. So if you if you get vaccinated or inoculated, whatever you want to call it, whatever that health hellish thing is they put in you, um, and that provides some kind of Maginot line defense, they'll figure out a way quickly to go around that through a mutation. So and it, I think what I heard you saying was yeah, that, that this particular latest one. Go, Using your metaphor, yeah, the um, it's like the Germans had so many troops 
in other words, so many viruses, that were all slightly different yeah. tactics, they could overwhelm the Maginot line. And that is absolutely what viruses do. And uh, yes. when you have something like a, like a pre-existing immunity that's leaky, um, so this is a, a yeah. partial magic line that isn't working very well, um, they'll get through and they will basically, their offspring will all know how to get through that line again. So that is absolutely what's happened is that the leaky okay. vaccines, as predicted, have selected for um, highly mutated spike proteins that uh, avoid yeah. the types of antibodies that are generated by the vaccine products, quote unquote. Yeah. And, and on top of that, on top of that, what you're saying is there's increasing amounts of data that everything else being equal, people who have gotten vaccinated or immunologized, highly vaccinated, um, are suffering from broader immunodeficiency things, meaning that their body has been weakened to the point where they're more susceptible, not just to new COVID strains, so, but also to many other diseases. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And there's a recent paper in yeah. Children published uh, in, from Australia study. And this, yeah. this data that you're referring to has been building from the UK, Canada, the United States, all over the world. And it, yeah. it's very unfortunate, but uh, true. These, these patients or people that have accepted multiple boosters not only have a yeah. broad-based, nonspecific uh, immunologic deficit, uh, relative, it's not huge, it's not AIDS, uh, but they do have a weakened immune response, and they also have a very selective, focused uh, immunologic deficit against this SARS-CoV-2. Uh, so both things are happening, a specific weakness and a general weakness. Yeah, and a general weakness. Um, Doc, uh I'm a, I'm a big fan um, of your work. Uh, I think the best place to find much of what you do is at your Substack. So why don't you let people know now uh, what that Substack is, and then uh, maybe you can give me your social media as well. So Substack is rwmalonemd.substack.com. And yesterday I published a very nice analysis from my colleague Byron Bridal in Canada who is another molecular virologist and vaccinologist titled The Parola Variant of SARS-CoV-2. And if you want to dive into the details, you'll find that if you can just scan down on that list a little bit. Um, yeah, today was the funnies, but if you were to scroll down, uh, then you would see that there is that one right there, uh, The Parola Variant of SARS-CoV-2. And I recommend that folks that want more details uh, read that uh, very clear, easy reading article that has. All right, my, my brother, they're playing our song. You know that music, right? <laughs> you know who that is? That's Miles Guo, free Miles Guo. Doc, always good to see you. You have a safe and wonderful uh, Labor Day weekend, my friend. And uh, we're trying to keep America safe here, but uh, Biden sure makes it a hard. Peter K. Navarro in for Stephen K. Banner. We'll be right back with the big fin. Do you ever get the feeling that something bad is about to happen soon? Well, I do. 
And between the distractions and the shiny toys and the smoke screens put up in the media, you probably won't see it coming. That's why it's smart to invest in emergency food right away. And by right away, I mean now. As they say, it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. My Patriot Supply is the nation's leader in high-quality emergency food. Head to my website, preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com. And you'll save 200 bucks on your three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. Enjoy a wide variety of delicious meal offerings, over 2,000 calories every day for optimum strength under stress. Stock up before the panic sets in. Free shipping is automatic, and your order ships fast. Go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com. Immerse yourself in information. Do it today, and do it with the leader, My Patriot Supply. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, well, the first thing... (laughs) is that um, my legal bills just went up by another half a million dollars. So um, anybody watching this right now, defendpeter.com, defendpeter.com. On the the website, it's it's my legal defense fund. Um, I've been able to raise uh, to date uh, about $335,000. This case, however... Uh, has already cost uh, over half a million dollars in legal fees. And um, by the time the trial finishes, I expect those legal fees to hit 750000 <laughs> Hey, Peter K. Navarro in for Stephen K. Bannon. Uh, yeah, that's the last thing um, I'll, I'll do to promote this legal defense fund is defend peter.com have some fun with it at least go to the site you can read about the case um and if you go there in during the live show here uh you'll see that um the total raised is about three hundred and eighty thousand so far people have really this week it's been really good but be really nice uh if you out there in uh, in posse land uh could help a little bit i, I don't want people to do anything they can't afford five ten bucks is fine uh, but defendpeter.com um, would be uh, be very helpful. Um, now, let me, um, after selling you on that, I, I really want to sell you on something that is really, really interesting. This is uh, a hefty book by Brother Joe Allen called Dark Eon. I'll confess, i got a confession to make, Joe. It's All right, like, Peter. When Bannon started having you on, I was going... What the, what, what's this what's this about right and then time passes right and it's like I realized that Bannon does justify his reputation as the guy who sees even further into the future which I pride myself on being able to do and he saw all of this stuff coming and and uh, basically brought you into the discussion. You've been kind of the beacon um, on this whole scary stuff. And and this book is really an expression of that. Um, it's kind of cool. It's Steve's uh, Steve's imprint, it's the War Room imprint. But it's done by one of my uh, my good buddies, Tony Lyons at Skyhorse Press. 
Uh, Tony's absolutely fearless, um, and he will publish books that, uh, frankly, uh, the bad guys don't want you to read. Okay, so so let me ask you this: I mean, there's just a lot of things going on. I, I'd like to get your view of, um, first of all, of our artificial intelligence, and and I, how do you how do you think that? could play out in a good way but more likely in a bad way because you know i'm already i'm I'm starting to use it kind of in my research and writing this that and the other thing and it it scares the hell out of me you know i'll I'll ask it questions sometimes and he comes back with the worst kind of dogma right 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 you know who's programming the programmers right yeah so anyway uh talk to me a little bit you know, uh, Peter, it's always been strange coming on after you uh, or coming on after, after people who are looking at what's happening right now. You know, you're looking at the economy yeah. or you're looking at the political situation. You're trying to decipher what's going to be our next move given what's happening right now. And uh, and it's always very nuts and bolts. Like this is a very uh, ethereal topic uh, because you're talking about the future. He's pointing to the book, by uh, the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's an ethereal topic. It, yeah. it's, it's kind of out there, yeah. right? Yeah. And so um, it's, it's well, but it's see. I think the point I was trying to make when yeah. I first started listening to you was that's what it sounded like. This guy's like spaceman. He's like, he's <laughs> you out weren't there. the first, but but you're not. That's the funny part. You're like you're like right in the middle of a vein of rapid technological change, which you know by the time. Uh, your 14-year-old kid goes to college even. Right. Um, it's going to be dramatic in how this world has changed. So, so a- Absolutely. It's sort of like looking at, imagine you're living in the early 1900s and people are telling you about Marxism. And you're noticing that, you know, the, the workers are getting a little amped up about it, you know. And, but it's not something that you're necessarily thinking about all the yeah. time until you get something like the Russian Revolution. Yes. Um, and uh, these sorts of changes, the cultural revolution in the U.S., you think about, for the most part, the, the post-war generation, the World War II generation, uh, they were at the top of their game. And then with all that excess, suddenly something shifted in the youth culture and everything changed among the youth culture. And now the fruits of that are, are, are readily apparent. Uh, the world is simply not the same place because of ideology and shifts in culture, but also because of technology. The technology drove the revolution of uh, the 60s, both in China and here. And the technology in many ways drove the revolution, the original Russian revolution and the, the various Marxist revolutions across the world because you had suddenly massive industrial society. What are you going to do with it? Transhumanism is the next beacon forward. We have all these technologies, artificial intelligence, automation and robotics, genetic engineering. What are we going to do with them? They have a very clear, articulate answer. They being Um, uh, transhumanists, futurists, the oligarchs coming out of Silicon Valley or Musk, the outlier, uh, the Chinese Communist Party. People who are at the the cutting edge of these technologies have very clear plans as to what they're going to do with them. Uh, Most of those plans involve advantages for them, and many of those plans involve controlling you, right? And I think that as the next generation comes up, they are really going to have to be very wise, very discerning as to which of these technologies they adopt 
and which and how they use them if they do. Is this simply uh, an explanation? of the dangers or is there an action plan here to fight back? There's very much a description of the dangers, the landscape, both technologically and, you might surprise you, religiously, and the meaning of technology in an, in an atheistic yeah. society. Uh, but there is, uh, you know, I, as, as asked, as requested by the War Room Posse, uh, the last two chapters, the last chapter, <laughs> uh, the last two chapters and action. the appendix dedicated to you. There, you, you asked for my answer for what to do. You got it. Action. Action, action. How many times have you heard that from Admiral Stephen K. Bannon? Joe, Dark Ian, go to Amazon right now. Buy it. The audiobook's coming out soon. Peter K. Navarro, always an honor to sit in and be with you, the posse, uh, in for Stephen K. Bannon. So enjoy your Labor Day, but uh, let's remember, it celebrates Labor Day workers. That's who we are, the deplorables here in America. Peter Navarro. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that. Because you're a viewer or listener of this show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit JaceMedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, JaceMedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700 thousand Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart, and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.